1: Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about how to be happier. This week is episode 380 and every 10th episode is a very special episode. And so for this very special episode, we are doing an Ask Us Anything. We are going to be tackling questions from listeners. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. Once again, I am in my little home office here in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft.
0: That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer, and I'm very excited to hear what our listeners have on their minds, Gretchen.
1: Yeah, I always love Ask Us Anything. We haven't done one yes, in a while. I know. Now, before we launch in, there's a few updates that we have. Um, one comes from a listener. I'm sorry, I forgot to write your name. So th- I don't mm-hmm. know if this person was anonymous or I just forgot to note the name. So sorry about that.
0: Yeah, and he or she says, another Lazy Susan tip. The director of my writing group puts her laptop on a Lazy Susan so that it can rotate and the folks on Zoom can see whoever is reading their work in person. We've been doing hybrid meetings coming out of COVID, and this has helped. Gretch, lazy Susans are all the buzz.
1: This is why I thought this was so funny, is you and I have always been enchanted by lazy Susans because <laughs> our grandparents had that one that we loved as children. And now it really is like they're so multi useful. Yes. And I don't think they're lazy at all. That's right. I know it seems like a strange name. I think we need to think of another name, but it is a memorable phrase. Yes. Yes. I also wanted to mention that if you're looking for a Father's Day gift for a father in your life or someone who's like a father, something that people like is my Don't Break the Chain tracker, this journal that I have called Don't Break the Chain. I'm holding it up for people on YouTube. I'll post a photo for the show notes, but it helps you track your habits. Now, you can do this in the Happier app. There's a Don't Break the Chain tool. Some people like to do it in an app and some people like paper and pen. So I got you covered either way, and I will post a link about that in the show notes if you're looking for a gift. Yes,
0: I love that gift. And then Gretchen, you know, if you think of summer as being June, July, and August, which is sort of how we think of it, and you and I talked about designing our summers recently, and I said I wanted to have a summer of health. Well, I want to report to you that I've already started my summer of health. Yay! I got... My first shingles vaccine. Remember, I had given myself a demerit for not getting it. Well, now I have gotten the first shingles vaccine. And then I also got my second COVID booster. So I'm, um, vaccined to the max at the moment.
1: Oh, oh that's so great. Well, you're well on your way then to your summer yes. of health. Okay.
0: Yes. So it felt good to just check something off.
1: Yeah. And that was great that the listeners sort of disabused you of what you thought you knew about the shingles vaccine. You had a lot yes. more flexibility than you thought. Yes. So yes. Got that so done. I took
0: everyone's advice and I went ahead and got
1: it. Excellent. Okay. Now let us do Ask Us Anything. We got a lot of questions from listeners.
0: Yes. Um, Now, this is for you, Gretchen, from Jay. Okay. She says, "'I'm wondering how you choose what you read. You read so much and so many that seem out of the mainstream. Do you have a list of books you want to read? How do you choose what to buy, which to borrow, and which to keep? Do you prefer nonfiction over fiction?' I wonder this myself, because you do have a very wide-reaching <laughs> selection.
1: I do a lot of things to keep lists of books to read. I listen to some podcasts, like Backlisted, which is, gives me great suggestions of books that are sort of forgotten. I will often, if I'm reading a book that I like and they mention another book, I will go look at that book. One of my very favorite books that I talk about all the time is Story of a Soul by St. Therese. And I found that because I was reading Seven Story Mountain by Thomas Merton. So I will often kind of go on a chain. Or like Elizabeth, I'm more happier. We talked about how I was reading a book about Eden Nesbit, and that made yes. me realize, oh, I should look up Noel Streetfield's adult books. So I will often go in a chain like that. I also have a lot of books that I have to read what I would consider for work, and what I consider for work is probably uh, more expansive than what other people would be thinking is related. So with The Five Senses, I read so many books related to The Five Senses in kind of the broadest possible view. I try to read diverse voices, so I'll often seek to read you know, an author who has a perspective that opens my range of understanding. I'll read books by friends. Um, (laughs) If people recommend something to me, I have a a list on my phone where I keep it going. Usually if I haven't read a book and I can get it from my library – I will get it from the library. Sometimes if I love a book so much, I'll end up buying it just because I want to own it. But if I can easily check it out from the library, I will usually do that first because then if I don't like it, I can just return it. It's easy. But I do end up buying a lot of books because I can't get them at the library or they're new and or whatever.
0: And do you have a
1: preference of fiction over nonfiction? I love both. But this is what I found, fiction versus nonfiction. I'd be curious to know what you think. I feel like... When fiction is good, I love fiction more. But Mm. I feel like it's easier for nonfiction to be okay Uh and make me want to read it than fiction. So like when it's good it's better, but when it's when it's sort of good, nonfiction is is kind of an easier read. You know what I mean yes.
0: Yes, I agree with you there maybe because it feels like you're learning something in nonfiction, like there's some yeah. sort of facts you're gathering often. Or if it's a memoir, it's it's somebody's yeah. You and I love people's stories, personal yes. stories, so I cannot imagine a memoir that I would not enjoy. On right. some level. Yeah, you just go so deep into your research. It's amazing. I think that's... Yeah. Also, I should mention, people may not know, that you read incredibly fast and retain information.
1: I, You know, I don't... I
0: must read
1: fast. I don't feel oh like my I gosh, read that gosh. fast. But, but... And I do read... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I
0: remember giving you an outline to read that was like 16 pages, and you read it in like five minutes, and I was... I thought, well, she can't possibly have processed what happened in the story, but you were like, oh, this happened, and this happened, and this detail, and that detail, and clearly you got everything. So wow. you're a machine, and I think that allows you to read a lot more.
1: Well, I, I do love to read, so that's, that's yes, part you of it. Yes, do. And now, Elizabeth, this is a question for you. It's a less fun question, but, but a very significant yeah. question. Anne asks, is Liz's estate plan done? It has been years. We will all feel so happy when we know that's taken care of. Yes, Anne. And I didn't even tell Anne to ask that. She just did that on her own. Thank you, Anne. Okay, Gretchen, it is not
0: done. We met with a lawyer. We talked. I think we're supposed to provide some information. I don't think we have. So we've signed various agreements and like just talked about things, but we haven't executed it. So we need to do that. I'm glad Anne brought this up as a reminder. We'll put this under the summer of health that we need to get this done. But Gretch, because I feel bad that I haven't done that, can I surprise you with an announcement of something we did get done? Oh, yes. What? Our passports. We renewed our passports. (laughs) I've been saving that.
1: As Huge. an announcement,
0: Yay. so that was months, mom. It was like really, you know, stressing out, mom. I could tell, and me. Wait, didn't we try to do it when you we were in Kansas City? Yes, we went, yes, and got our was. photos taken, yes. and mom like <laughs> wonderfully like printed out all this paperwork. Yeah, I didn't follow through, and then our photos expired. And it's hard with a kid because you have to take them physically to the office, and it both is. of you have to be present. It is
1: hard, yeah. Or else but you have we, to have like a notarized document or something.
0: Anyway, we have done it. We went to Burbank, we did our appointment, and now we're just waiting for them to arrive in the mail. So it should be in the next two weeks. So that is done, although the estate plan is not done yet.
1: Okay. Well, just... Think about how great you feel now with the passports, how, like, you'll feel ten times. And I know in Happier in Hollywood, you were talking about the euphoria of handing in script 13. Yes, I if will you have want euphoria more euphoria over- Yes, yes the euphoria my real estate, come. I mean, yes. <laughs> my estate plan
0: will give me euphoria.
1: It will. It'll feel so, so good.
0: Okay, now, uh, Gretchen, Sarah wants to know, she says, I know Gretchen eats bacon. Who can forget the tree ornament Jamie gave yes. her shaped like a piece of bacon? <laughs> yeah. But does
1: she also eat the fatty
0: part of the bacon?
1: Yes, that is my favorite part. I love the fatty part of the bacon. Yep.
0: Okay. Good to know.
1: I'm glad that somebody appreciates that Christmas ornament because I did I, I do get a tremendous kick out of that every time we take it out of the box. Yeah. It's great. <laughs>
0: I also gave you an egg ornament. Yes you did. Because you eat you so did. many
1: eggs. I eat so many eggs. Yeah. I gave you one and dad one. Yeah, we both eat a lot of eggs. Okay, Fred asked a, a sort of practical question. Can you provide an overview of the economics of podcasting? You mentioned that you reached 220 million downloads. Does that merit a certain rate for advertising? Well, Fred, we are not experts in kind of the economics of podcasting, which is changing all the time because like yes. everything in media is changing a lot. But long story short, yes. If you get more downloads, that definitely affects the rate for your advertising. So we appreciate that very much.
0: (laughs) Yes, we do. And we appreciate it when you support our sponsors.
1: Yes. Yeah, if you use those codes, not only do you you usually get a discount or some kind of benefit or free shipping or whatever it is, it helps us because it means that they know that we're the ones that were the source of the awareness. And that helps us just our just general reach helps us. So both of those things are very helpful.
0: Yes. So thank you, Fred. And then Annie um, Gretchen has a more profound question. She says, every day the world is full of so much suffering, injustice, hardship, and strife. What can I do to manage that feeling? I don't want to ignore the news. That seems wrong. But sometimes it all feels like too much. So, Gretchen, I know you spend a lot of time thinking about this issue.
1: Yeah, and I think Annie hit it on the head, which is, on the one hand, it feels so... Unbearable, but then on the other hand, you feel like it would be wrong to turn away and that we all have sort of a civ- civic obligation to be educated and to be involved and to sort of expose ourselves to that pain so that we can be that's part of what inspires us to take action or yeah. to try to make things better is to be aware that it's happening and to, and to feel the pain of that. It was just one something that you say all the time, I really think is true, which is that action is the an- antidote for anxiety. And I think for many people, when they take action on an issue, whatever that issue is, it gives them a kind of solace because you feel like somehow the suffering that you're feeling is being turned to good because you're, it's it's inspiring you to take action to try to address it.
0: Yeah. And then Gretchen, you talk about having an empower hour, yes. which is a good way to deal with this.
1: Right. Well, so in, in Outer Order Inner Calm, I talked about power hour, which is when you make a list of all the like nagging tasks, things that can be done at any time are often done at no time. So that's when you like run to the hardware store to get that washer or change a light bulb or whatever. That's power hour just to get those things done. But then empower hour is making sure that you set aside time every week or every day or however you want to do it to make sure that you are doing things to work on putting your values into the world. Because again, with all the goodwill and good intention in the world, if you're busy, you don't it's very easy not to take the time. Like I know sometimes I'll be like, "Oh, I really want to give money to a cause." But you can't just, like, give money. You have to figure out what's the best organization, what makes the best use of the money, what's maybe fraudulent. Sometimes it takes some research. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll email somebody who I know knows a ton. Like, when I wanted to give money for people, like, trying to get into college, I had a friend who knew all those organizations. So she's like, oh, this you should give to Bottom Line. So I did. But so when do you—or, like, I have a friend who's constantly writing notes to voters. She will handwrite a note to voters in Pennsylvania or whatever. But she sets aside that time because otherwise the day comes and goes and you it just sort of floated to the bottom of the list. So I think that's a great way to take action.
0: And then, Gretchen, I know you suggest figure out what news you are going to watch and then but don't doom scroll. Don't do what I do, which is just have CNN on all day, like sort of pick what you're going to consume and then don't. Let it get out of control.
1: Well, and I think that's an excellent point because, like, to Annie's point that you want to be educated, I think all of us have a sense of, like, there's a point at which I'm educated and I'm learning and maybe the policies and the arguments and and the facts and I'm learning, and then it becomes the point where it's just... Over and over and over, and maybe it's it's pumping up my emotions, but it's not adding to my knowledge or to my understanding of a situation. And that is often when people do feel overwhelmed where they just yeah. feel completely drained and yet it's sort of hard to, to turn it off. So I'm a big fan of ye old newspapers like reading mm-hmm. an actual physical newspaper because to me, I like the way that it's it's very dense in information, but there's sort of a beginning, middle and end. you know you turn the page, you turn the page. That that's actual paper. People might not want to have actual paper, but you might say, I'm going to look at a certain news source Mm
0: -hmm. or
1: for a certain part of the day or certain times of day. But you're going to limit it so that it just, if you feel like it just can take over your your mind in a way that is maybe i mean often it can like actually get in the way of your you taking useful action because you're so overwhelmed by it that um you know it's hard to act
0: thank you annie i think that's a question a lot of people are grappling with um so thank you for bringing that up yeah when we come back we will have more listener questions but first this break
1: Post
0: your job for free at linkedin.com
1: slash Gretchen.
0: That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Okay, Elizabeth, uh, more listener questions. Caroline asks, uh, because of the upcoming episode about the office BFFs, yes, that is our next choice for (laughs) our Happier Podcast Book Club, I've been reading the book, which I love. In it, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey take turns writing, and their sections are labeled with their names. I really enjoyed this kind of conversational book. It made me think, would Gretchen and Elizabeth ever write a book like that, where they each took turns writing?
0: I would love that! That would be fun, yes. I would love to do that. But what would we write about? I have no idea.
1: Something happier related, I guess. Yes. Oh, listeners, if you have an idea of a book that we should write, Because it is really fun. I love the way they tell stories in their own voices, and they are both very distinctive. And it's such a fun way to read a book. Elizabeth. Yes, let's do it. We've always wanted to write a book together. We always wanted to have a radio show together. Now we have a podcast, which is even better than a radio show. We did a live tour together together.
0: Yes, we next step, okay. we have to write a book together. Sarah and I wrote two novels together. Yes. And what we did is had them broken down into four characters' points of view. And then we each wrote two of the characters mm. because it would have been too hard for us to actually right. write a novel together. So, yes. but this this is different. This is you and me in our own voices yes. writing, which right. I think is super fun.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great okay. idea. So people send us, send us an send us a topic. What's the topic? Yes. What should we write a book about? So Elizabeth, I will post links in the show notes to you those two novels. Tell they have the best titles. Tell us yes. what those titles are.
0: Bass Ackwards and Belly Up and Foot Free and Fancy Loose.
1: Excellent. So fun to read. Stacy asks. Did you actually enjoy recording episode seven of More Happier, or was it torturous, speaking softer and more slowly? Would you consider recording another rest-inducing episode? Yes, this was our episode of More Happier, which we did in this very kind of soporific soft, slow tone. Yeah, because we
0: wanted it to be something people could listen to as they fell asleep.
1: Yes, it was supposed to be mildly interesting. Um, I
0: enjoyed it immensely. I thought it was yes. so much fun
1: and very yes. relaxing to do. Yes. So if you would like another one, let us know and we could do yes. another one. Yes. Our idea was that you could just listen to the same one over and over because hopefully you would never hear it really. asleep. <laughs> yes. But we'll do another one. Maybe
0: the last one was about set jobs, because that's something a lot of people don't know about. Maybe we could do one where you give an in-depth explanation of the four tendencies. Because, again, a lot of people know something about that, but you could go into all the details.
1: But, Elizabeth, another idea that I thought could be fun is we could do sort of a tour of Kansas City. And, you know, it would be things like, um, now we're going to Loose Park, famous for its beautiful rose garden with a fountain in the center. The roses that. grow over the, you know, the archways. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Yeah. Let us I know. If lots you would, of it, ideas. If people are interested in that, let us know. Perfect.
0: Sarah asks us, you both talk about your mom having such great taste and style. I'm curious what she did or does for work slash her career.
1: So when we were growing up, she's a full-time parent and she had lots and lots of very demanding volunteer obligations. So Yes, I remember she was working on a huge project the year I was applying for college, and it was like the paperwork that was over our breakfast room table Like is seared in my memory. Yes, I remember that. And then at a certain point, she took a job working for the Nelson-Atkins Museum, which she loved and did that for many years.
0: Yes, she got the job at the Nelson, I think when we both um, were off to college, So and she loved that job. And Sarah has two more questions. She wants to know, when are we going to get to see and read this book of The Five Senses? Gretch, you have mentioned you're writing a book about The Five Senses.
1: Yes, Sarah, thank you for asking. That book will be coming out in April 2023. So stay tuned for that. I'm very excited to... Unleash that on the world. Yes. And then Sarah's final question is, Liz, I know you said there is nothing harder than doing a first season to a show except doing a second season. <laughs> how has Fantasy Island been different or more challenging than you thought for the second season? Ooh, that's a great question. Great
0: question. Yes. First season is really hard because you're figuring out the tone of the show and how to write the show and how to produce the show. Now, second season thing. For- Ca- and casting the regulars, which is yeah. very hard. So on Fantasy Island, I do think creatively, the show was much easier second season. We had figured it out, so the the scripts flowed much more easily. So in that sense, it was easier. But second season, we just had so many production issues that were out of our hands. A lot of people got COVID, so we had to shut down or couldn't shoot certain things at certain times. We had a lot of rain. We had a guest star who just sort of up and walked out in the middle of an episode, and then we had to reshoot three days. I mean, we just had sort of, you know the FedEx packages wouldn't arrive and we wouldn't have a prop. I mean, whatever you could think could happen, happened. So in that (laughs) sense, it was like this ever shifting ground where we were trying to keep up with what was happening, which is why um, Sarah and I say, like, it's the nimble life, right? You have to just Mm. stay nimble. So it was challenging in that sense. But you know what? We were thrilled to have a second season, not complaining. And I hope to have a third season where I'm sure it'll be difficult in a whole different
1: way. In a whole new way. Yeah. Coming up, we have another Hollywood-related question for Elizabeth. But first, this break. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help.
0: Gretchen, Sandy has a great question for you. She says, how much time do you allot to your daily MET visit, including the walk? I really love this daily museum visit concept.
1: Oh, I'm so glad to hear that it resonates with you. It's interesting. I think a lot of people, this this kind of repetitive visits over and over really appeals to them, which is interesting to me because I thought maybe no one in the world would find this to be sort of a compelling thing to do. <laughs> but it seems like for a certain kind of person, it is really exciting. And a lot of people do it much more than I thought. They'll go to the same park every day or they'll walk their dog in the exact same way Mm. to see how it changes over time. With the Met, fortunately, I live very close to the Met, which is like I am the luckiest person in the world. And I, I never take that for granted. Every single time I walk there, it takes me about seven minutes to walk there. So it's a very manageable walk. And then when I go there, it really depends. Sometimes if I'm like, don't have that much time, I'll just go in, look at one thing and come out. Sometimes like there's a new exhibit, so I'll spend a lot of time looking at something. Often I'll give myself a little assignment. Like today when I went, I love silence and I will, I usually like, part of what I enjoy about the Met is that it is, like I'm not listening to anything. I'm just kind of alone with my thoughts. But I wanted to experiment with sort of soundtrack. Mm -hmm. So I was giving myself different, songs and seeing how having a soundtrack to my visit affected the way I was looking at the art. So that was, I kind of gave myself an assignment or or I do something where I, I call it Met Roulette, which I bought hmm. this giant book about the Met and I'll I'll open it at random, read up on one object and then go look for it. And part of what's fun is I have to see if I can walk straight to it. Like, wow. how well do I know the Met? Do I know, oh, I know where that thing is. Some things it's like, if it's a giant painting of George Washington, where there's a very famous painting of George Washington, that I know where it is. But then it's like some little bronze reliquary of like Mm -hmm. a stupa. It's like, okay, where's, can I walk straight to it? So that's fun. So sometimes it's long, sometimes it's short. Sometimes I just wander around. Sometimes I have a little assignment. That's part of what I like about doing it every day. mix it up. I can mix it up because I have. I just have so many visits. I don't have to do any one particular thing in any one visit because I just. I always have another visit. Elizabeth Jane says, "Okay, well, we sort of talked about this in that slow, soporific, more happier." Jane said, "I recently watched a show on TV and I noticed the following titles. And that, what do all these different producers do?" So listen, I'm going to read you the the title and you tell us briefly what that person does. This is, well, uh, this is actually, a great question. Well, actually,
0: read oh. the whole thing cuz it's a more conceptual answer.
1: Ooh, okay. Okay. Yes. So she wants to know uh, these roles: executive producer, producer, supervising producer, associate producer, line producer, and then she says it then went on to detail director, screenwriter, etc. So yeah, how do you how do you what what's the difference among all these producers?
0: Okay, well in television writers are also producers. So okay. like executive producer th- there are non-writing executive producers, but also you can have executive producer, co-executive producer, supervising producer, producer, they all might be writers. Likely, they're all writers on the staff. They're just different levels in the hierarchy. So what they Mm. do can often be the same, which is break story, write scripts, go to set. It's just they're different levels of the hierarchy. The line producer is the person who's in charge of the money, in charge of the budget. Um, And that is a very specific job and then associate producer is also on the production side, someone who's in charge of physical production. So that's sort of how it breaks down.
1: So so whether you're called a supervising producer, producer, executive producer is more a question of like seniority or authority. Yes. It's not yes. like the word supervising is kind of just an indicator. It, it doesn't really mean anything about what, kind what of you're producer. actually doing, correct.
0: Okay. Um, and now some executive producers, again, are non-writing like you know, you could be Mick G, for instance, and he's a big figure who's an executive producer, but he wouldn't be on staff. Or you could have someone who's on staff and isn't even the showrunner but has enough seniority that they've become an executive producer. Okay. So it, there's a range of executive producers. I'm an executive producer on Fantasy Island, but I'm also the showrunner. But someone else could also, you know, we also have other executive producers.
1: Well, I remember when we talked to Niall DeBarco, he was an executive producer on Deaf you but he wasn't yes. running the show or like right. involved but in it. Right, he had developed the show. Yes, right. Was and sort had of a role involved. in the show
0: being on gotcha. the air. Yeah.
1: So basically it sounds like these are very loose. Terms that can kind of cover a lot. Many of, different- of them
0: are line yeah. producer and associate producer. Okay. Are not. They're right. you know what those people do.
1: So it's funny that it's the same term because it seems like it's a very like a completely different kind of I know. role. Okay. <gasps> yeah. So here's a question. Showrunner is a term that you hear all the time, but it like never shows up. Is it kind of an informal term that? It's not an official title.
0: Yeah, it's something that sort of evolved over time because people needed a name of what to call Uh, the person who was running the show. But yeah, it's not as if any. There's no show has on the screen like so and so showrunner. It's not an official title in that sense. Oh, interesting.
1: It's a great phrase because it just so captures. Yes, you get exactly what the person does. Yeah, especially in the context of supervising for. You're like, what the heck is that? But showrunner, you're like. I think I can make a good guess what that person does. Yes,
0: exactly.
1: Gretchen, this is so much fun. I love just knowing what everybody's questions are. So much fun. Thanks, everybody, for sending in questions. If you have another question for us, let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. For links, photos, all that, as always, go to the show notes. This is episode 380. It's a very special episode, Um, so you can go to happiercast.com slash 380 for everything related to this episode. And this week, the resources. I mentioned Father's Day. Another idea for Father's Day, and I know this from previous years, if you are shopping for a father in your life, It seems that many people often give my book 40 Ways to Look at Winston Churchill. I've just noticed this over the years, Mm -hmm, that after mm -hmm. Father's Day, I hear from a lot of people who have read the book who say, oh, I got it for Father's Day. So if there is somebody in your life who you think would be interested in reading a short biography of Winston Churchill, I will post a link to that in the show notes. And also, I want to remind everybody about my moment of happiness. I love quotations. If you love quotations, I send out a short quotation about happiness and human nature, five days a week. It's free and you can screenshot it or save it. And if you want to sign up for that, it is happiercast.com slash preferences and just pick daily happiness quotation. And Elizabeth, what are we reading? Gretch
0: inspired by you, I downloaded
1: Chronicles
0: Volume 1 by Bob Dylan. I'm going to start listening this weekend. How about you? And I just
1: started Under the Net by Iris Murdoch. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Thank you for your questions. They are so fun to hear. Thanks to our executive
0: producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Kraft. Our email address is podcastgretchenrubin.com.
1: And if you like this show, in honor of our very special episode 380, please be sure to tell a friend. Uh, personal recommendations is how we get the post podcasts that we love to listen to, and it's also how people discover the show. We really, really appreciate that. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft, and I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward.
0: Gretch, I'm so intrigued by this notion of writing a book together. We're in Kansas yes. City together
1: this summer. We have to figure out like what is it going to be. My mind is on fire. I think this would be so much fun to do. But what yes. about what? That is the big yeah. question. Okay, that we'll the figure question. it out. From the Onward Project.